All right. Well, Pastor Don and Sue, so excited that you're watching via your camper. I don't know if it's called camping. It's a mobile hotel room, so that's what you're doing. But that's okay. We still love you. Honored to be with you again. So the second time I come back, I'm not family yet. I'm just a close friend, okay? So the third time I can be family, and I look forward to that, uh, being a part of this is uh, a great place. You guys have something really special here in this church. And how many of you have been a part of this church longer than five years? Raise your hand. Wow. How about 10 years? Raise your hand. Can I go 15 years? Wow. All right. And I won't embarrass anybody, so we'll just stop right there. Okay. Uh, I am, I really have a, a word from the Lord this morning for you. And for those that maybe this is your first time or you're just getting uh, to start your relationship with Jesus, maybe you're watching online this morning, or perhaps you've been a seasoned saint a long time and watched moves of the Lord happen, come and go. You've seen great things take place here in this city, in this church. Um, I believe that we're moving into another season. I believe that there is a shift happening. I believe God is not finished. You know, if you listen to the news, California, we should have had an earthquake and fallen to the ocean by now, right? Okay, we should be all gone. Everybody in Nevada would be laughing at us. They've got prime real estate now. But listen, this is the golden state, and it will shine again for Jesus Christ, okay? So God is not done with our state. He is just getting started. And um, I want to open up in a word of prayer, and there's this prayer that um, I think I have overlooked in my life, but it's a prayer. It's not, you know, wise and eloquent words and a lot of preacher polish on it. It's a simple prayer of intimacy, and I pray that as I pray this prayer, and it's from Jesus, that it would become your prayer, and then you would identify with this as well. Jesus was walking into a situation where uh, one of his friends had just died, Lazarus. And there was this, there was hopelessness in the air. There was frustration in the air. There was discouragement in the air. Even some of the, his close followers were scratching their heads when they heard about Lazarus dying. They're like, why are you waiting? Why don't you go now? And it says Jesus actually waited a couple more days before he went into the city. So... Uh, in John eleven eleven, the Bible says, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. And then John eleven forty one through 42 says this, Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. I just want to say that one more time. Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. Think about that closeness, that connection. Do you know that God hears every one of your prayers? The prayers that are loud, the prayers that are shouted, the prayers that are silent, the, pri the prayers that are sown in tears, God knows all of your prayers. He sees you. He hears your prayers. And when Jesus declares and he prays this prayer, he says this, he goes, Jesus, he says, Father, you always hear me, and I know that you hear me. Just think about that intimacy that he has. So let's pray today. Father, we thank you that you know us and you hear us. You always hear our prayers. You always answer our prayers. There is no, the Bible says that your arm is not too short to save, nor your ear too dull to hear. So, Lord, we thank you right now. You always hear us. We thank you for a revival that will take place in the state of California. We thank you for a third great awakening coming to this nation. We thank you that while the statistics say that we are on, our, on the road to destruction, your word says in the last days you're going to pour out your spirit on all flesh, young and old, sons and daughters. And so we thank you for that promise. We are believing for a move of God, a billion soul harvest, and we want to be a part of it. We don't want to be on the sidelines. We don't want to be part of those that miss out. 
God, because we were too tired believing the news, Lord. <laughs> we, were, we were too confused listening to the narratives that everybody was pushing. We want to believe your word and stand on your word and stand on your promises and be people full of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please you. So we are people of faith, solid rock faith to be example. So God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, come on. We're going to get started here. Woo! So how many of you have been feeling that transition in your life? You're feeling like there's something about to give. There's something. If you're raising your hand, just stand up real quick. If you're feeling it, just stand up real quick. I want to acknowledge something that you're not alone. Look around the room. There's people. We're all hungering. We're, we're sensing something. We know something's about to take place. It's like being pregnant. I know, men, we don't understand that, but... We've plenty given, you know, birth to food babies, but you know what I'm saying? You're feeling something in the atmosphere and you know you're not, look around, you're not alone. We are believing together. Those that are watching online, I know Pastor Don and Sue are standing, standing right now in their camper. They're ducking right now because they're hitting their heads, but it's okay. Listen. We know what God's about to do. Now just close your eyes for a moment. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for these moments right here where we realize we're not alone. We're all sensing the same thing. It's that moment of desperation that Hannah had where she said, I don't even care about it, Lord. I just want to see it in my lifetime. If you give me a child, I'll give it back. And there's that moment of agony. There's that moment of pushing. There's that moment of just sowing in tears, Lord. We are there and we're pushing. We are believing. We know that you are about to shift something, Lord, in this, not only in this state, but in this church. And so, God, and in the lives of every person in this room, we trust you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The Holy Spirit is here. Oh, I love the Holy Spirit. Um, I've been given a new assignment by the Holy Spirit to talk about, uh, to actually talk to people about um, if they've been offended by the Holy Spirit. And it's really uh, uh, not a fun... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not a fun one, but it's good because it, it unlocks and opens the door for healing and to bring in a full restoration of that relationship. So the Holy Spirit's here. Uh, he was promised by Jesus. As Jesus was getting ready to ascend into heaven, he promised that the Holy Spirit would come, the helper, uh, the, that one that would empower you to be bold, a bold witness for him. And if you look throughout the early church history, It was the Holy Spirit that initiated, that sent, that stopped people from going and preaching, that uh, empowered people. And and it was the Holy Spirit that just rested on the disciples, and it it gave them everything that they needed. And so I just invite you to welcome the Holy Spirit in your life. And sometimes I feel the Holy Spirit in a bunch of different ways. Sometimes I just feel them, and, you know, you get those, like, goosebumps. You ever experienced the goosebumps before? I've done the goosebump thing quite a bit. And then all of a sudden I just, I get this. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, um, it's almost like a, a sobering comes to my spirit where I realize, man, this life is short. And what am I doing with my time, my energy, and what? What really matters in eternity? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will sober me like that. He'll just, and I, I'll start thinking about family and uh, my children and the relationships around me and the assignments. And all of a sudden, the things that I was worrying about, I don't worry about anymore. It's a sobering as the Holy Spirit rests upon you. So um, this shift that's about to take place in the body of Christ, I believe it's, it's going to... Um, really shock some people, but there's others that are feeling it right now. You're getting like the pre-birthing pain warnings. You're just kind of going, okay, yeah, I knew this is coming. This is exactly, but it's always going to look different than the previous time God moved before. And that can be sometimes a stumbling block to us because we have this history with the Lord and we have this, we look back and while we celebrate how God moved in the past, sometimes we think unless it looks like that, we're going to it can't be the Lord this time. And so I want to encourage you, there is, there is something God's about to do, not just in this church, not just in America, but in your life. And that starts in your heart before it starts in your head. It's this movement between the flesh and spirit. See, it's like your spirit is already moving ahead. You're already getting into that next season. You're already preparing. You're already feeling your faith energized, but your body and your flesh is still here present. 
and nothing's changed. But you start to feel different about your current circumstances. You start to get dissatisfied. You start to go, there's got to be more, right? Like, why? Why isn't it happening yet? You're starting to get frustrated, but get ready and don't let that dissatisfaction um, like put you in a stalemate. Get ready. Let it be courage and fuel for about the new season that's coming because that's what God needs. See, when Israel was going through their transitional periods, the first there's two river crossings. First, there's the Red Sea, and they crossed with Moses, and that was for, that was for uh, deliverance, and that was for identity. They had to learn who they were. They were not slaves anymore. They needed to know that God could still deliver them. For 400 years, they were crying out. So they're, they're in this wilderness season, learning about who they really are. And God is teaching them, listen, you don't have to go back to the slammer. You don't have to go back to the prison. And, and he's trying to teach them all about who they are how he'll take care of them, how he'll always provide for them. He gave them everything they needed. Their clothes never wore out. It's a miracle. I mean, I forget about that miracle. That is a supernatural miracle. As people grew, their clothes grew with them. Come on, that's incredible. They didn't even have stretchy pants back then, okay? It's amazing. First one was deliverance and identity. The second time they come to a river, it's all about inheritance and expansion. It's all about this is what you've been waiting for your whole life. This is what you've been dreaming of. This is what you have been promised. This is the promised land. And not only that, but you are going to expand and take even more territory. God is giving you more. And so as, as Moses sends out the 12 spies in Numbers chapter 13, um, I'm going to go quick, as fast as I can today, so I won't take time to read each verse. But in Numbers chapter 13, Moses sends out these 12 spies, and they all do exactly what Moses asks them to do. He says, check out the land, check out the people living in the land. Are they big? Do they have, are their walls fortified? Uh, let us know what the produce looks like in the land, all of the things. They all come back, and they give Moses the report the facts about the land. And so a lot of you have heard this story and, and Pastor John's probably preached incredible messages on it. I just want to highlight one thing about it. All 12 of them did exactly what they were supposed to do. They all gave the facts. But two of them, Joshua and Caleb, they, they acknowledged the facts, but they also saw past the obstacles that were there in front of them. And they saw through the lens of faith. They're saying, yes, there's giants. Yes, there's walls. Yes, there's another river. Yes, there's a tremendous amount of fighting that's going to need to take place. But if God promised this to us, then it's ours. And it was the, it was the determining factor on whether or not they actually got to step foot and go into that land. And so I want to... You know, they, they come back and they bring this, like, pole. They're carrying, like, pomegranates and grapes and figs and watermelons and blackberries. And I'm adding some of the berries in there. But they're carrying all these, this fruit. And they're showing, like, look, look at the produce of this land. And it's, you know, it's gigantic. Did you realize, like, the land was under the enemy's covering and it was still producing fruit like that? Just imagine when God's people inherited the land. It was only a sampling of what God was actually going to give them. He was just trying to show them, like, if you have faith to actually move forward and past all these things, this is just a sampling. It'll be even greater when you step into it and you inherit the land. It'll be even greater when the presence of God goes with you into that land. See, that's what God's trying to teach us right now. Like, we've got We've got promises of what's ahead. We know what's coming with the next move of God. We can sense it. We know it's happening. We can, we can look behind us and see the faithfulness of God. But what's going to stop us, I think, sometimes from missing it is we stop, we stop hearing God's voice. We, we all of a sudden just go, well, it's not happening yet. Have you ever been in that place before where it's like, I thought God said this. 
60 days have already passed. It was 60 days until their inheritance. It's 61. What's going on? Okay, maybe there was a leap year or something. Okay, we'll give them another chance. And we, st- we stop listening to the voice of God. You know, he speaks through his word. He speaks through sermons. He speaks, I'll hear him through a worship song. He speaks through your friends, people in this room. He'll speak through prophetic people. Oh, and he'll speak through your children. So I remember that I was going through this, this season of like trying to figure out what was next in my life. And I couldn't, I just, man, I was a mess. I was a roller coaster of a mess. And this was about six years ago. And I'm praying. And my son's in my car. He's eight years old, okay? Think about what an eight-year-old kid does, okay? Eight-year-old kids, they're not too spiritually tuned into the Holy Spirit. But at this particular moment, the Holy Spirit rested on my son. I'm in my car. I'm driving. We had just left a family barbecue. And I've got worship music playing in the car. And just side note, I do everything I can to create an environment for my kids to hear the Holy Spirit. And for your grandkids to hear the Holy Spirit, do everything you can put position your when they're with papa or nana or grandma or grandpa whatever that looks like you make sure you create an atmosphere where they can hear the the voice of god and so i'm with my child my son he's eight years old and i'm 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 uh like son can you pray for your dad i don't know what i'm doing and maybe i'll be a missionary maybe dad could be a senior pastor one day uh maybe dad could be like an associate pastor and i don't know will you just pray and my son, you know, we're, we're kind of talking back and forth. And then he says this phrase. And I was like, this is the Lord. He says, Dad, eight years old, mind you. Dad, if you keep worrying about your position, you'll never make a difference in people's lives. <laughs> yes, Pastor Don, he said that. I'll get, yes, he'll preach next week. Okay. So... <laughs> I, I I was doing like a voice recording uh, in my car because I could hear like him starting to speak and I'm like, this is the Lord speaking through my son. So recording it. And then on the recording, I'm sobbing. Yes, I needed that word, son. <laughs> yes, yes, Lord. All right. And, um, and so it's really important that we in moments of waiting, keep listening to the voice of God. Don't listen to your inner self that'll say, well, what if it's not, Lord? What if we're gonna know? If God settled, if God said it, it settles it, you just keep moving forward by faith. That's what you have to do. We have to, as this church, we gotta keep moving forward by faith. That sanctuary being finished has something to do with it. I don't know what it is, but I keep believing. I mean, I, Pastor Don's like, well, we're, you know, we're trying to finish it and the materials are keep getting delayed. Listen, it's going to happen. It is going to happen, and there's going to be a glorious moment when you guys get to walk into that building and have your first service. I want to be there. I want to be on the front row. I just feel like there's something prophetic about stepping into something new for you guys and for this church. The Bible says, in the last days, I already quoted this verse, God's going to pour out his spirit. Sons and daughters are going to prophesy, your young men will see vision, your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. It's young and old, and I want to encourage you, most of you, you have young people in your life. They need you. They need you to come alongside them. I have, um, I have my own children, but I have some kids that have been in my youth ministry growing up, and they'll just... I'll just reach out to them. And they give me the kind of the standoffish, oh, I'm fine, I'm doing good. You know, they're trying to figure out life. But you know what I've realized? Like, it's my, it's my responsibility to be investing in them spiritually. And I have to take that very seriously. And so no matter what you do, always invest in the younger generation spiritually. You need to speak life into them. You need to, hey, if they're acting a fool and they're crazy and they're doing all that stuff, speak to who they should be. 
call out the good and the great, the gold in them, call him forth, say, you know what, you, you may have an identity crisis right now, but God's going to use your life and you are going to be a powerful soul winner for the Lord. You know, you could prophesy what they're supposed to do. It's okay. Go ahead and prophesy over them. Tell them what they're going to do. We need the generation that's coming up. And here's, here's my encouragement. When they catch the fire of God, don't try to like break them like a like a wild stallion. That was the picture that came to my mind. Don't try to break them and make we me and my wife, we went to hi Candace. It's my wife Candace over there. And this is my friend Caleb right here. We say hi Caleb. Caleb's a part of FCA with us, drove up to to be here. And um me and Candace went to Tahoe over summer break and we went on a horseback ride. And these horses <laughs> They are not wild horses, okay? One of them was named Thor, and this, I mean, I don't know if they do uh, horse steroids, but maybe this horse was on juice, okay? This horse was gigantic. It could have been Goliath's horse. I don't know. But these horses were so just broken. They knew, and the groove that they wore in this path, they did this up and down this trail four times a day. There was nothing, nothing that would spook them, nothing that would throw them off track. They had lost all of their, you know, all of the wild side of them. This younger generation coming up, when they catch the fire of God, don't break them. Come alongside them like a stallion and just like, hey, all you gotta do is just kind of point them this way. Okay, oh yeah, that's the wrong path. Just kind of gently point them this way because if you try to break them, you'll break their spirit. You gotta be gentle with them. You gotta come alongside them and just go, hey, that's great. You know, and you'll hear something that may be a little off, like, hey, that's all right here. Here's what the Lord says in his word. You know, let's just kind of line it up with that. But I, I feel like if we can come alongside them in a gentle way, and then you guys will get to ride alongside them, and it will be awesome. Is that all right? All right. So we need to be faith-filled. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. James says that we, not, we have to be hearers and doers, and obedience is so important. Whatever he says, just do it. And in, in the military, the more that you're obedient to your superiors, the higher your rank goes. So there's, like, there's, there's upgrade that happens when you're obedient to the Lord. And I think we forget about that. Simple acts of obedience keeps giving us a greater level of authority and more assignments from the Lord because he knows he can trust you. If you've ever had to manage a team before, you know when you start to delegate responsibility, those that keep getting it done get more responsibility. So it's a simple equation. Who do you think gave us that intuition? The Lord. And he will keep giving us assignments. And so it's really important to keep being obedient. And if you mess up, you, it's okay. It's all right. Just get, just get back on track and you'll keep moving forward. Um, I was at, uh, I was in Elk Grove about a month ago and I was getting some Mexican food for lunch and I walk into this restaurant and there's a couple kids. This was not, no, this was back in May. I'm sorry. It's been a while. And there's two kids and they look like they were teenagers. And at that time they should have been in school. Um, so I asked them after I got my food, I sat down and I said, Hey, are you, what kids, uh, what high school did you kids go to? Or and they're like, uh, uh, we graduated. I was like, oh, okay. And uh, I could kind of feel like they're prophylying. And so I, uh, I just said, okay. And I said, have you guys ever heard of FCA? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys used to come to our school. Like, yeah, we'd bring pizza and a guest speaker. And they're like, yeah, we heard about that. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I was like, I work with FCA. So maybe, um, I know you don't go to school anymore, but um, hopefully we can get on campus next year and be back at your um, high school at Pleasant Grove. And so where I'm sitting down, I get my food, and I'm leaving, and the Holy Spirit just whispers to me, one of those kids used to go to church. He needs to start going back to church. And I was like, okay. So then I got all the way in my car, and I'm going, man, I'm really hungry, Lord. I need to feed the temple right now, and I, uh, all right, I'll go back in. So I go back in, and I, I walk over to these two gentlemen. I said, excuse me, uh, did in, do any of you used to go to church and this one kid goes, yeah, I, I used to go to church. I go, what church? And he tells me the name. I go, oh, I know that church. My so-and-so, my friend was just speaking there the other day, Pastor So-and-so. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's great. I go, yeah. 
Um, well, as I was leaving, I felt like I was supposed to encourage you and tell you that you need to go back to church. And this kid's eyes get as big as saucers, and he goes, I was just thinking I need to go back to church. <laughs> and so his name was Keith, and so I said, all right, Keith, we're going to pray right now. This is the Lord speaking to you. He spoke to me to confirm to you that what you were hearing was his voice, and so we're going to pray together. And so it was really, it was a cool moment, and, uh, and I believe that that young man is, you know, on the road back uh, to following Christ. How many of you know some people that need to go back to following Christ? Raise your hand. All of us, 100%. Yeah, um, there's another one of my, I have a former student that has, uh, he wandered from the Lord, and I heard about it. My wife told me through a friend, he's partying, not doing good. And so I text him. And again, just to be gentle, I didn't text him and go, hey, I heard what you're doing. Get your act together. I said, hey, how are you doing? Good. Haven't talked to you in a while. How's the married life? And he says, oh, great, great, great. Everything's beautiful, roses, all those things. And uh, so I just keep pushing, like, hey, tell me, you know, how's your relationship with the Lord doing? And, you know, crickets on the other side of the text message. And then finally he's like, you know, honestly, I don't even know if I know God anymore. I said, oh, well, I can help you with that. Um, what's, what seems to be the big roadblock? Well, every time I think I hear God's voice, it always sounds like the leaders that were in my life. And those leaders weren't really good leaders. I'm like, okay, well, let's, why don't we go with God's voice will sound like his word. So why don't we go to the Bible? Let's start there. How about we do a Bible study together? And he's like, I'll, I'll do that with you. So on the Bible app, we've been doing, I think this is our sixth uh, Bible plan that we've done together, and he has come alive. And he's hearing God's voice clearly. There's a call of God on his life, strong anointing. His dad was a worship leader. He's got this worship thing on him. He's got this... Um, it's an incredible gift to connect with people, but he's been so lost for such a long time out in this wilderness. And he, and he was even, uh, um, he, was, he was using drugs, and he was telling me, he's like, you know, Jared, I've been using drugs. They're, they're helping me with my ADHD and different things. And I said, I go, well, let's just pray and ask the Holy Spirit what, you know, if he can help you and what he wants you to do. And so, again, I wasn't telling him. I was just coming alongside gently. And about a week later, he calls me. And he says, hey, I just want to let you know, um, I feel different when I'm on drugs. And I don't feel the presence of God like I used to. I don't feel this closeness. I don't feel that intimacy anymore. And he said, I want, I want nothing more than just to be close to him. So I decided I've gotten rid of all my drugs. And, I said, and you know, they were helping me sleep at night. He says, I'd rather lose sleep than not be able to be close to the Lord. And I said, wow, come on. These are the testimonies of what God's doing right now. And here's, here's how it's happening. We play a part in it. It's our obedience to be led by God's spirit, to be led by his voice, and taking risks. When Joshua approached that new river that he's got across, Moses is gone. He's smelling roses. Poor Moses. He, but he's in eternity. And Joshua doesn't get handed the rod of God to part the sea Joshua just gets a word from the Lord. I'll be with you like I was with Moses. I promise I'll never forsake you. I'll never abandon you. Just be obedient. Meditate on my word, and you'll be prosperous and successful everywhere you go. And he's got to trust that God's going to do something supernatural, and so God gives him the word, and so they actually have to get their feet wet. Could you imagine how frustrating that would be? You know, it's like, come on, Moses just waved the, waved the rod of God and, oh, you know, the sea parted and we walked over. And you're telling us to get in the water? What's up with that? There's a little bit of, I don't like it. I like the way it used to be. You could see how attitudes could flare up. And it's our attitudes that are really important, what God really wants to do. Um, I remember... When I, when I first started listening, and I, sh I was making a, a conscious effort to hear the voice of God, and I was, this is about 15 years ago, and I was, uh, wasn't even in ministry yet. I was just trying to 
follow the voice of God and learn his word and it's devouring scripture. And I kept reading Isaiah 50 verse 4. He wakens me morning by morning and opens my ears to hear like one being taught. And as I was praying that prayer over and over and over, the Lord finally spoke to me and I'm walking by this coffee shop in the morning on my way to the gym. And as I walk by this coffee shop, this, this lady's in there. It's the manager of the coffee shop. And I'm like, look, thinking to myself, um, I should go pray for her. And I'm thinking, that can't be from the Lord. Uh, it's too early for any type of ministry assignment like that. So I'm going to just keep on. So I go into the gym and I work out. I come back. And again, now it's even stronger. You need to go pray for that lady. And this is, I've never done anything like this. I've never tried to step out of my comfort zone. But I'm telling you the story for a reason. Because this is going to be what I believe will be the everyday scenario for the rest of your life. When you step into the new, it will be taking risk. It will be feeling uncomfortable. But it will be miraculous things transpiring every single day of your life. And so I walk into the coffee shop finally. And I go, Lord, even if I look like a fool for you, I'm going to, do this. And so I walk up to the register and I say, excuse me, ma'am, this is going to sound weird, but I felt like God told me to come in here and pray for you. And she looks at me and she goes, yes, that's weird. And so I was like, split second, I am just feeling this big. And you ever had the, you know, you could have a million thoughts in one second. I had a million thoughts. I don't hear God. I don't even know if, I, if I'm following the Holy Spirit or some weird spirit or if this is bad pizza that I ate last night because I had anchovies. I've got all these thoughts flowing through my mind 100 miles an hour. And I'm looking at this lady. But then I'm watching this lady because I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do next. And then her eyes just kind of start shrinking and these tears start to well up, like big giant crocodile tears start to well up in her eyes and she starts to cry. And, and she replies and she says, what's weird is I've been having headaches and I finally got the courage to go to the doctor and when they did a scan on my brain, they found out I have a tumor. She goes, and I haven't had the courage yet to tell my husband or my children but I got up this morning and cried out to God and said, God, if you're real, will you have somebody pray for me? And here you are. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm crying, crocodile tears with her. And I'm like, I do hear the Lord. So I'm crying. She's crying. I pray for her. I walk out of that coffee shop and the Holy Spirit. And I'm just got, I've got goosebumps. I'm feeling every emotion you could feel. I get into my truck, and I just start bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry for doubting you. And he says, Jared, I'm looking for a generation that will just say yes to my voice. And I said, God, I'll always say yes. You know, if this is what happens, I'll always say yes. And kind of a, a cool follow-up with that story is uh, this was in Galt, and about 10 years later, I was preaching at a church in Galt, and in between services, that lady walked up to me and says, hey, Jared, do you remember me? And I didn't recognize her. I didn't know who she was. I thought she was one of my high school teachers. So I was like, if you taught at Galt High, I'm so sorry. I'm a changed man. I <laughs> So <laughs> hopefully you heard the sermon. <laughs> and she, uh, she goes, no. She goes, I'm so-and-so. I was the lady you prayed for at the coffee shop. I'm like, oh. <gasps> oh my gosh, no way. And so I was like, hey, this is the story. I actually share it. And she goes, yes, that's exactly what happened. And I go, well, the prayer worked. You're alive. And she goes, yeah. That lady ended up joining a Bible study at my mom's house. And so <laughs> it's like how only God can like do these things full circle, you know, 10 years later. And <clears throat> I want to encourage you. It's like, I remember that moment like it was yesterday. And the reason I share that is because what God's about to do is going to far surpass that moment that I've ever experienced. There's going to be even greater miracles. See, like those are, this, those are the testimonies that we remember, we pull on to draw courage and faith. But this next season that we've got to go into, like 
got to get our feet wet. We've got to get uncomfortable. We've got to push the envelope. We've got to be ready. We've got to be pushing and not giving up. We've got to be declaring the promises of God, remembering his faithful, faithfulness, because that river that they were about to cross was at flood stage. It was not like a little trickle, and they're like, okay, cool, we're going to cross the river. No, flood stage, nobody's crossing that river without a miracle. And we're going to be faced with that kind of situation. And we either have a good attitude or we don't, and it's really going to determine what's going to take place. Um, so when I was, uh, when we were going through the middle of COVID, me and a friend of mine were praying together, and as we were praying, we got this picture in our mind because there was so much uh, anxiety about what was taking place. There was so much unknown and uncertainty, and we were sharing that kind of, as we were praying, like, I don't know what to do here. I don't know. Are you buying toilet paper? I can't find toilet paper. Are you buying beans and rice? I don't know. Should I buy beans and rice? I don't know. Are you building a bunker? I don't know. Should I build a bunker? And, oh, yeah, I heard there's submarines off our coast, and we're going to get bombed, you know? We're like, oh, man. So we're going back and forth, back and forth, like all of this stuff, back and, you know, and I'm just going, oh. So then the word of the Lord in Psalms 141 says this, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And we, we saw this picture, and there was this filter over our mouth, and it said life. And the Lord says, from this point on, only allow words of life to flow through your mouth. And it changed everything that I was doing in the moment. And it was so interesting because everything that people were speaking towards me and sharing with me was death, destruction, fear, unbelief. There was zero faith and there was zero life. And I had to, in return, process what I just heard and then speak back words of life. I know we don't know what's going on, but God still has a plan. God has not abandoned us. God will never leave us or forsake us. We are his children, and he has a plan on this earth. And it doesn't matter what a virus is doing. God's spirit will move faster than this virus, and it's more contagious than this virus. So we have to turn that and use a life filter for our words flowing, and that's what you need. Joshua and Caleb had a life filter over their lips. And even though they saw the giants, even though they saw the walls, even though they saw what looked like an impossible situation, a river at flood stage, they said, no, God's with us. It doesn't matter what the circumstances say. We are going to inherit this land because God said so. What will disqualify us from seeing it is grumbling and complaining. And that positions our hearts to become hard and it positions us to be ungrateful, and we often forget the miracles that took place behind us. And so we all of a sudden stop looking. See, we, we stop remembering. All we focus on is, how come you haven't answered, but we forget all the answers. We forget all of what he's already done. See, when you, when you position your heart to be thankful and to be grateful, you start here. You start, God, I'm thankful you are the God that heals. I'm thankful that you are the God that delivers captives. Lord, I thank you that you are the one that saves souls from the pit of hell. And God, now I come to you believing for marriages. I come to you believing for the restoration of my family. You, I come to you believing, and my attitude is words of life. I'm remembering the faithfulness of God. And when and when that grumbling and that complaining starts to rise up, not in you, but sometimes people around you, you change the narrative. You change the tone. You change what's taking place. You have the power to change that in an instant. I remember as I was, uh, you know, beginning my early days of ministry, sweetheart, would you come up and play with me to give these people hope? <laughs> I remember... <laughs> As I was just beginning in ministry, um, I had these real exciting, wild expectations that if I worked in a church, it was revival 24-7. And so I was thinking, wow, I'm going to be in a church. Boy, we're going to have prayer meetings all the time. It's going to be just like we're going to see people walking in the church, raising the dead every week. This is great. And I get in the church. It's like, wow, this is like a business. What in the world's going on here? Why am I getting in trouble about not filling out my spreadsheet? And I'm like, come on, what does this have to do with the word of the Lord? And um, 
we go to lunch and I'm expecting us to talk about holy things and we're talking about sports and sports center and different things every single time and there was no like mention of God ever I'm like what do even people know we're pastors I'm like my gosh so I was like so me and uh, another co-worker we decided hey let's be intentional with our words when we go out to lunch You know, it's fine. I'm going to talk about my family. I'll talk about a vacation. I'll talk about who won the game last night. But I'll also talk about what God did last week, what I saw him or what I heard him say this morning when I was during my devotionals. I want to be intentional about creating an atmosphere of faith. I want to be intentional about speaking words of life. I want to be intentional about all the things that God has that he has promised. And I want to remind myself of his faithfulness. I want to remind myself of his promises. I want to keep moving forward no matter what. I don't want to miss the move of God. I don't want to be, I don't want to be caught somewhere because I had a bad attitude wishing I could cross over, wishing I was going into the next season, wishing I want to be right there in the middle. And if he's going to use the next generation, those wild stallions, I want to come alongside them and say, hey, I'm coming for the ride too. I want to be a part of what he's going to do. I want to play my part. Rick Warren, um, some of you might remember, he wrote a like best-selling book. I think it was 32 million copies. And it was the cry of a generation needing direction. It was called Purpose Driven Life. You know, I think now we're in 2021 and there's a new cry for a generation. And the new cry is, we just don't need purpose. We need his presence. And that's the new cry. I want a presence driven life. And there's so much entertainment out there right now. The, the, flashy, the flashy stuff, the attractive uh, tractional model of church isn't going to do anything anymore. The next generation has so much bombardment. They really need an encounter with the presence of God, which entertainment cannot give them. They cannot, they cannot, they can bring some sort of counterfeit, but they will never create the authentic presence of God that awakens them to the reality that they're not alone, that there is a God that loves them and all of a sudden brings sobriety to their spirit. The presence of God is where you receive the pattern for your life. It's where you receive everything that you need. This next season, you gotta be like Joshua. The Bible says as Moses would talk to Joshua face, or talk to God face to face, his young servant, Joshua, his aide, would often linger or stay in the tent after Moses left. What we did in this former season, we're gonna do even more in this next season. I love that you're having prayer meetings. I love that you're pursuing God. It's going to mean just like finding little moments throughout your day. I was talking to a friend of mine and I just told him to be praying for me. I was like, man, I'm really feeling this word tomorrow for this church about what God's going to do. This, I feel like it's not just a word for this church, but it's for the body of Christ. We're stepping into this new transition. Like there's a transition happening and it's this It's God's going to do something great, and we have to prepare. We have to posture our hearts. We can't be frustrated. We can't be full of doubt. We've got to be full of faith. And 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 uh, I texted him that a couple, two or three days ago. And then last night he shoots me a message. He's like, "Hey, I'm driving home. I went to the Giants game. I'm driving home. My son fell asleep, but I'm listening to worship. I've been praying in the spirit this whole time, and I got a word, and he just sends it to me. And I was like, "Here's a guy. It's like, hey, devotions was in the morning." There's, you didn't have to do this after you went to a Giants game and all that kind of stuff, but he's finding ways to linger and stay in the presence of God. And you know, when you linger in the presence of God, it changes everybody else around you. They sense something. You know, my wife's grandma used to come over to her house, and when grandma came to her house, I would know that grandma had come to the house because the smell of really bad perfume would permeate the house. Okay. And I don't know if she bathes in it or what, but it just, uh, and I'm like, I'd walk in, I'm like, grandma's here, or was here. She's like, she left 10 hours ago. I was like, I know she was here. I was like, and it was, it like, it stained your clothes. It's like, 
No, don't lie. <laughs> but, you know, the presence of God, when it's resting on your life and you're spending time, people start to see a difference. That's what this generation needs. They've got enough all of the entertainment that they just need the presence of God. And if you will carry and let the presence of God rest on you, the effects of that will be undeniable to everybody else around you. You find your purpose in his presence. Would you stand with me this morning? I know that pastor's uh, wife, her name is uh, Susan or Susie, is that correct? Is there, Susan? Sue, is there a, a Susan or Susie in here besides pastor's wife that's watching online? Anybody else? Just checking. Okay. Well, pastor, this word is for your wife. And in Acts chapter 4, uh, the apostles were praying this. They say, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power and may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And Sue, I believe that as you begin to pray for people and you stretch out your hand, God's going to stretch out his hand as well. And there's going to be miraculous signs and wonders released in this next season. So let's just close our eyes. So Father, we thank you for Pastor's Wife. We thank you for Sue. We thank you for who she is, the history that she has for you. And we just pray, Lord, as she begins to pray, there would be an outbreak of miracles. That signs and wonders would just come forth, Lord, as you stretch out your hand, as she stretches out her hand. So Lord, we believe by faith for this word to come to pass. We pray as Pastor and his wife are being refreshed this this season of their life, Lord, they would come back, Lord, coming out of the camping season, out of the wilderness, but coming filled with the power of your spirit. And we just believe it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> Sir, in the black shirt, what's your name? Nick. Nick, I have a word for you. Uh, in Jeremiah chapter 2, it says this, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness. And I felt like the Lord wants to bring you back to this honeymoon phase with him. Now, if you've ever been on a honeymoon, for those that have or those that haven't, honeymoon phase is like they can do nothing wrong. They could have stinky socks. You don't even care. It smells like roses. They could be really annoying with certain sounds and doing things. You're like, oh, it's music to my ears. There is nothing that happens during this honeymoon phase. It's also called infatuation. But I felt like the Lord says, I want to restore the honeymoon phase to you in our relationship to bring you back to that place. Will you guys stretch your hands towards Nick real quick? God, we just thank you, Lord, for this season in Nick's life. Lord, I know that he loves you, but I, I feel like there will be this infatuation where he begins to chase you and pursue you like never before. So God, we thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for what you're going to release. And we thank you, Lord, for this well of love and affirmation that's going to be happening between the both of you. God, we bless Nick. We thank you that he would chase after you. And Lord, you would have his heart and he would get yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, if you want to respond to the word today, I, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to respond as well. I feel like there's, um, my wife's going to sing this song in a minute, but I, I want to invite you forward uh, to receive prayer. And I also, there's something that, that takes place in our lives um, when we choose and, that, and that's the thing is like you have to choose what you are going to commit to in this next season. Like you make this choice like, God, I'm going to be a person of faith 
as I step into the next. I'm going to be a person that speaks words of life into the next. Lord, I'm going to be a person that remembers all of your answered prayers, all of your miracles, all of your faithfulness. Lord, I'm going to be a person that runs alongside the next generation. I'm not going to control them. I'm not going to try to keep them just, you know, in this line, walk this way, but I'll come alongside them. And when they say they're doing drugs, they're doing this, I'm not going to yell at them and say, you bad person. I'm going to say, well, let's pray together about that. I'm going to help you. I mean, and then, Lord, and you're going to. So there's this opportunity I feel like God is asking us to go first. And a lot of you have plowed a lot already. Some of you that have been here longer than I've been alive probably. <laughs> you guys have done this and you've been through seasons and it's like another one, but let me tell you, the, the latter will be better than the former, okay? And so you don't want to miss. And Jesus kept talking about the new wine that was coming. I don't know if we've fully experienced what the new wine is, and I think there's something about to break where it will, it will be so worth it if we don't give up, if we don't grow weary, if we keep our hands to the plow, if we keep going. How many of you want to see that? Just raise your hand right now. I want to see it. Lord, you see these hands? Lord, we just say we're ready. I surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to. And I will make room for you, Jesus, to do whatever you want to, to do whatever. Just thank you, Holy Spirit. We just thank you for moving. Thank you for equipping. We thank you for encouraging. We thank you for empowering us now. All of what we need, we can find in your presence. Every need that we have, you can. I just pray for a reviving now in Jesus' name, Lord. Just a reviving. Lord, we talk about revival, but I pray for a reviving now in everyone's heart. Lord, that we would not that we would not look, Lord, like the 10 spies that saw what was ahead and get so discouraged and feels like, man, this world and this country is going down the tubes. There's no hope. God, I pray we would be people filled with hope, filled with your word, filled with your promises, believing and declaring them and speaking words of life over every situation. We're going to trust you like never before. So I just want to invite you forward. If, if you want to come forward with prayer today, um, I want to pray for you. And, uh, and then if you need a, a miracle in your body, I want to pray for you as well. And just, uh, just take the next couple of minutes and then we'll, we'll dismiss you. But I also just want to give you courage today and just feel like there's, there's just impartation that wants to take place. So if you'd like to come forward for prayer, we're going to pray for you. And just believe for God to touch you today. And um, God's going to, I feel like God's going to shift some things for some people in this room. God's going to do something mighty, powerful. I don't say the word mighty too often. <laughs> I was like, that just came out mighty. All right. I like mighty. Awesome. Just thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit.